Think again with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio. 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to Think Again, presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organisation that has been dedicated to social change for over 20 years. I'm Jacques Boulet. And I'm Jennifer Burrell. Today we're talking about poker machines and the creation of harm and addiction for profit. Last week we talked about forms of mental illness generated or exacerbated by government policy and action. We called this governogenic mental illness. This shifts the idea that all mental illness comes from individual internal biology, or what is now wrongly referred to as hardwiring. We argue that the social and physical environment where we grow up, live and relate to others in has a major influence on what we are and become as a human being, including our general and our mental health. The environment that influences and shapes us includes things like family, school, work, recreation and neighbourhood. This is highly relevant for our conversation today about problem gambling. Both of us have researched, studied, presented and written about this topic a lot over the years, particularly about poker machines, pokies, or as they now more properly are called, electronic gaming Mm. machines or EGMs. Mm. And what a disgrace it Mm. is that they still proliferate in our communities against all the very solid research evidence that they actually cause addictive behaviour along with the desire to gamble more and more while losing large amounts of money. The gambling machines are indeed designed to cause this addiction. In the last year, Victorians lost nearly $2.7 billion to the pokies and to those who are obviously profiting from them. As many have pointed out, it is not only the manufacturers and the owners of the machines, the pubs, the clubs and your fresh food people of Woolworth, but also our state governments that are addicted to a fair part of this dirty money. Mm -hmm. And that was predicted from the early 90s when they were introduced. Mm, Absolutely. So in September, Reverend Tim Costello, who's campaigned a lot on this issue over the years, Mm -hmm. he highlighted the connection between gambling and mental health problems. So while he welcomed the Royal Commission into mental health, he pointed out that the Victorian government could no longer pretend that gambling doesn't play a role in mental ill health. We've all heard the government's tired old phrases that lots of people enjoy playing the machines Mm. and that it's up to each individual to gamble responsibly and that sits in quotation marks. So the government does ignore the issue while counting up the loot and introducing policies designed to be generally ineffective because if they would have been effective, the profits and the tax revenue would go down. 
These policies institutionalize the fiction that problem gambling from poker machines can be attributed to individual pathology or that those addicted are just not behaving mm -hmm. responsibly. Again, quotation marks. <laughs> That's right. Apparently all responsibility is to lie with the individual gambler who's exposed to a product that we know mm. is highly mm. harmful and which is actually designed to addict. And again, we know this from very solid research. As far back as 2003, researchers Dickerson, Hoare and Shepard found that loss of control is not inherent in some players who get hooked. Rather, loss of control over gambling is a common and expected outcome of the regular interaction between human beings and poker machines. So you get addicted when you're using them exactly mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. the way that they're designed to be used. Mm -hmm. Of course, this makes a nonsense of the idea of individual yeah. choice. Exactly. When, the device, when the device leads you to lose control, you no longer exercise choice. I should add that the lead researcher, Mark Dickerson, of that research I just mentioned, he was a psychologist and he came from the individual pathology way of thinking. He was also Tattersall's Chair in Psychology at the University of Western Sydney mm. and his position was funded by the gambling industry. Right. And if you think that this is a paradox, there's many, many mm. more paradoxes like that. Mm. And maybe that one's not so much of a paradox because he came out with all this just before retirement. Well, so he lived a paradox, but then at the end he sort of gave it away. And on that note, we'll turn to Company Sin by John Butler. Now he's waking up 
our 3CR Radical Radio t-shirts and so do we. They're 100% cotton and Australian made and you can get one for just $30. They come in black, dark grey and a cool light grey. To nab one of these beauties, drop into the station at 21 Smith Street or order by phoning 94198377 or you can visit us online at 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. Come on, you know you want one. You're listening to Think Again, <coughs> excuse me, 3CR 855 AM on your dial. 3CR digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking about poker machines and the creation of harm and addiction for private profit and for government revenue. We want to share with you a few facts that we have known about poker machines from very solid research for a number of years now. More than 60% of the revenue from poker machines in Victoria comes from people who have lost control over their gambling due to the way the machines and the games are designed. Briefly, they assist in moving gamblers into a zone where the desire to win or escape is very powerfully stimulated and resistance to continuing the play is effectively and systematically undermined or eroded. Mm, That's right. And over 40% of the revenue from gambling on pokies comes from people who, or I should say of the losses. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Over 40% comes from people who can be defined as pathological gamblers, having met various criteria according to the psychiatrist's diagnostic statistical manual or the DSM, and importantly in agreeing with one of our repeated arguments, various of these criteria relate to social factors and none at all really relate to internal biology or psychological Mm. predispositions. And it's no exaggeration to say poker machines have ruined many, many lives, most of it invisible except for the people who have suffered Mm -hmm, from this, mm -hmm. leading to divorce, family breakdown, child neglect, family violence, financial ruin, homelessness, fraud, bankruptcy, and tragically, suicide and homicide. And I should say this isn't rhetorical. This Mm -hmm. is all based Mm -hmm. in research. Mm -hmm. The profits really are built on the bones and tears of these people. Poker machines have been concentrated in pubs and clubs located in the lowest income socioeconomic areas in Victoria. And that has occurred from their first introduction in the early 1990s under the Liberal government of Jeff Kennett. We're talking about the computerised high-yield poker machines that we know today. Mm, That's right. So similarly... 
poker machine losses are overwhelmingly by people who are most marginalised or disadvantaged, Mm -hmm. uh, including people with disabilities, new migrants and women subjected to family violence. And I should say that they're a regressive tax because Mm -hmm. they are a form of taxation being channeled from the bottom. Exactly. Lonely and isolated people are often drawn to these places just for a sense of company, which also says a lot about our Mm -hmm. society, even if there's no real communication happening between players. Communication seems to only be happening or mainly happening between the machine and the player together in the zone. And as Jacques mentioned, addiction is built into the design of these machines and their games. So in particular they allow what's called continuous staking. This means being able to place a bet or stake every few seconds and get a result straight away. And added to this is what's called, what psychologists call intermittent reinforcement. This means that rewards or reinforcement is irregular and unpredictable, as of course it would be with gambling. So together, continuous staking and intermittent reinforcement make pokies and similar gambling forms highly addictive and highly dangerous. Added to this are all the little tricks played on gamblers like the presentation of false wins or Mm -hmm. false Mm -hmm. rewards Mm -hmm. to give you the impression that you're making little wins when you're actually really losing. So um, in the end, people end up just chasing their losses. Also, the pokies offer a space, as we said before, a a space to escape from lives of difficulty and struggle. People put coins in the machines to escape into the zone. But of course, when the money runs out and the session ends, sometimes after hours, Mm, their financial situation... Or a day and a night sometimes. exactly. The financial situation and their feelings about their life and themselves, they are much worse. Yeah, so the venues... They're also very good at welcoming people who are not feeling socially valued and who do not, don't have many options for social connection. So people seek an escape from loneliness. Um, also attracted to the feeling of safety with security guards and welcoming venue staff who greet players on a first-name basis, effectively treating them like a rich person because in mm-hmm. terms of the mm-hmm. money they mm-hmm. might put in the machines in the future, they are like rich mm. people to mm. them. Yeah. So women in particular are made to feel comfortable in spaces where they traditionally wouldn't feel comfortable, which is hotels. That's right. And it, in a way, it's sort of is all the glamour of it and, and the lights and the flickering and all of that, which really, really it takes people in. Mm. So while more and more people are left out in our market-driven and increasingly unequal world with wealth, being siphoned upwards and the Centrelink payments as well as wages descending to starvation levels. Commercial solutions are offered through the escape of gambling on poker machines. Mm. This really creates a sinister and sociopathic and rather unvirtuous circle. Yes, I'd like to coin a new phrase, sinister circle. So this is when Mm. market pseudo-solutions are offered for market-driven problems. Mm -hmm. Exactly. 
In 2016, 3CR published a book to celebrate the station's 40th birthday. Years in the making, Radical Radio, celebrating 40 years of 3CR, is a visually stunning account of the people and ideas that make up this dynamic station. At 300 pages, the book includes hundreds of images and over 50 features on programs, people, music and technology from across the decades. 3CR's Radical Radio book is now on sale for just $30. You can get your copy of 3CR's book at the station during business hours at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy. Or online at 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. Get a piece of your own history. On sale for just $30. 3CR's Radical Radio is available now. You're listening to Think Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial, 3CR digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking about poker machines and the creation of harm and addiction for profit and government revenue. While poker machines that prey on vulnerable people have been legalised and legitimised, the federal on a federal level, the Morrison government is cracking down on foreign-based gambling websites that prey on vulnerable Australians. <laughs> I guess there is legal theft and there is illegal theft. And in Australia, why would you run a criminal enterprise if you can fleece people mm, legally? That's right. Of course, all the issues we're raising with poker machines have only got worse with new forms of continuous and accessible gambling, like, as we know, sports betting, the ability to easily bet on devices, and gambling disguised in games on the net. It will be really interesting to examine the responses and reactions the government proposes in the case of treatment or therapy and is prepared to pay for and develop programs to deal with the harms from all these new forms of gambling. Many of the therapeutic responses to gambling and other addictions, including drug and alcohol addictions, are often referred to or named harm reduction approaches. Thinking about such a concept, would it be too negative to call them rather shameless attempts to avoid addressing and eliminating the causes of mm. the harm done to people. Mm, though I'm not sure about that, Jacques. Mm. I'd argue that many people have found their way out of gambling addiction with the support of counselling and support groups. And counsellors, I suppose, and help groups can assist people to link with others in common activities or interests as they build their lives. So... Um, personally, I don't have a problem with some of the gambling tax revenue being used for this sort of support. No, that's correct. I don't have a problem with that either. But uh, the problem is that harm reduction seems to admit that people will be harmed and or that the causes of that harm cannot be addressed. Or should we say that the cause will not be addressed because businesses, professionals and the government itself depend on the income from their use and indeed overuse. And let me just enumerate that a bit. The alcohol, drug and gambling machine industry, including all the presumably illegal distribution and dealing and the use of it which goes with it, they want the income from their sales. And of course, in that kind of a process, they mobilize or all those whose income depend 
on these kinds of activities like badly paid waiters, cleaners, bartenders. They, of course, come in and protest any attempt at shutting them down. The government, in turn, they badly needs the income from the taxation of the provisions and consumption of the addictive goods, like cigarettes, for example. And the professionals make a lot of money trying to minimize harm, especially when one includes mm. the numerous failed attempts by addicted people to become clear of the harm. And if this sounds like a perpetuum mobile, it probably is one. Mm, so, perpetuum mobile, what does that actually well, mean, Well, it Jacques? means that it is a continuous, ongoing cycle mm. where the causes create results and the dealing with the results creates a new cause for new harm. So, it is a real, repeated kind of a harm creation thing. A bit like our sinister circle. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So um, I suppose um, I'm a bit worried about the criticism of harm reduction in general. Um, personally, I don't have a problem with the idea of harm reduction across the board because it's, it's really only a general concept that has different meanings with different types of harm, uh, different products uh, and activities and in different contexts. So I don't think it always means one thing. Mm -mm. In the case of Probably illegal so. drug use... It can be a progressive idea, of course, that focuses on people's health rather than treating them as a criminal. So um, it seems like the term harm reduction allows that to happen. Mm -hmm. So, of course, we should ban things that are designed to cause harm alongside profit by industries mm. um, because with pokies, the harm and is essential to the profits. They go together. So mm -hmm. I don't have a problem with that. But I don't know if you're meaning to make a general criticism of harm yeah. reduction? No, certainly not. It depends, as you say, on the source of the harm and the, and the cause of the harm. For example, cigarettes, the way in which the, the cigarette industry or the, the smoking industry has been dealing with the harm it causes by denying and coming up with fake research saying that it doesn't cause harm, things like that. Uh, the, pokies, the pokies industry has actually done exactly the same. Mm -hmm. And we know because we have dealt with uh, some of those instances which produce re fake results saying mm. that it's not harmful. So what I'm really saying, and I think what both of us are saying, is that the response to the problem needs to be multifaceted. Mm -hmm. And it needs to include addressing the cause as well as the results and as well as the harm done. So I am not against harm reduction, really, uh, or, or yeah, harm minimization or whatever the word is. But it needs to be a much more multifaceted kind of a response that includes the causes of the harm. Mm, maybe sometimes it's a question of emphasis and focus yep. as well. If we yep. put all the focus on individual pathology, we put all our mm -hmm. resources yep. into counselling yep. and putting out public health messages yeah. and it, yeah, that and you it, should gamble responsibly. Yeah, and it is yet another form of externalising externalizing the costs as we do with our ecology, as we do with all manner of, uh, of things of, out of which our system can, make, can draw a profit and then siphon that upwards, as we have been saying mm -hmm. repeatedly. So we're proposing as a... What are we proposing ultimately as a solution then? Um, so I'd suggest that health and well-being mm -hmm. be central to all government policy, um, that it be implemented through the lens of health and well-being mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. designed through the lens of health and well-being, um, not, not 
preserving a surplus, for example. Mm -hmm. um, following this, commercial products that have been proven to cause catastrophic harm, they should just be banned from our communities. We wouldn't mm -hmm. allow a car that the brakes weren't working and we don't. Exactly. We don't instruct people on how to better use a mm. car that has faulty brakes. We mm -hmm. just say we're not allowed to have the car on the road. Mm -hmm. So um, on this basis, poker machines should be illegal and it's a disgrace that they're still here with all that we know and In, mm -hmm. yeah indeed and therefore if if we are saying that some of those poker machines or the poker machines they are giving some recreational joy to someone why don't we find forms and support and pay for forms of of recreation which are not harmful well actually it's illegal to open a gambling venue yeah, where right. you let people in the door for 20 dollars an hour and just say go for your life on the machines you're actually not allowed to do that exactly that's right um, that's right so um i suppose one thing people could do um to take action is they could join the Alliance for Gambling Reform or some of the activities of the Alliance for Gambling Reform. The mm -hmm. Alliance for Gambling mm -hmm. Reform does have a website and I'll give a phone number for people who aren't connected to the net. It's an easy number, 99997372. That's 99997372. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.